Hey everyone, it's Bobby here. Just letting you know what we have going on this week in the podcast. So, first off, we covered uh, the Texas Tech game, did a recap. You can check out that podcast on the feed. However, this specific podcast, we're talking about that wild, wild monkey story coming out of Austin uh, with uh, Pole Assassin and Gia the Monkey. It, it was truly incredible. We brought our pal Bowden Blake on for that. We also talk about in this episode the uh, just confusing shaft job uh, that OU got in the first college football playoff rankings. Now, if you want to listen to that, make sure to keep listening to this. However, if you're looking for Texas Tech uh, recap, if you're looking for in-depth football talk, make sure to go to that other episode. This week's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing. So, either way, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the Schooner Pod. Bowden Blake to the pod. Uh, good to have you. Uh, we have brought you on to the main pod for uh, se- several reasons. Don't know what Ty's doing. Um, but I have uh, no idea what just happened with Ty. <laughs> Please explain what's going on. Nothing happened. I, I thought we were moving into the picks. I did this to show people I'm insane. Oh, of course. I love it. I love it's it. Not, yeah. it's, my, it's not a cry for help. It's just to show you that you shouldn't gamble against me because I'm insane. Uh, can, okay. can you please explain how this happened? So he has what appears to be, I'm trying to figure this out, so on his left eye. So was that your left hand that you painted green and you palmed your face with? Uh, well, but did you try both hands first and one didn't work <laughs> out? No, it was my left. Yeah, no, it was just the left. It's, so it's the thing is, is like you're apparently, uh, it would have been easier just to paint it because your hands, turns out, doesn't actually doesn't actually fit your face, if that makes sense. You know, faces have a different shape than the hands. So you can't like, so it, it would have been better off, you know, just kind of free, free handing it. Yeah. Free, no pun, it, pun fully intended, but yeah. Gotcha. So, gotcha. So oh. little, you know, for the viewers to encourage. Of course. Viewership. Well, I, I love it, but uh, okay. I changed my hat. This is my number eight hat. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, because Not of that, take away from the state of the frogs. But so, so if you're confused, nobody cares about TCU. Oh my god! So, so Blake, we brought you on to talk a little bit about the uh, college football playoff rankings, uh, and we, we still haven't talked about the monkey in Austin, but I'm sure you have some interesting takes on that. We would, we would like to ask the you know the legality what what's going to happen to the monkey uh, potentially? Uh, <laughs> is it in danger? Uh, can the monkey get sued? Uh, but, but first I would, I would ask you, um, I, I have to ask you, um, uh, so state of the frogs, obviously a big week for uh, TCU, Gary Patterson, T- tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Yeah. So, uh, did covered a little bit in the state of the frogs podcast, but look, Gary Patterson leaving and leaving before we even had a game to kind of recognize him and everything that he'd done really sucks. Like that part about it sucks that they, we kind of gave him, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make you resign at the end of the season. He said, I want to resign now. It sucks that we don't get that send off. And like, as a TCU fan, that really hurts. But I, for the first time in my lifetime or not for some of my lifetime, but it feels like a lifetime for a, probably the last four or five years, I'm really excited about where TCU football is going. I think we have the the limp fish, who I was calling a limp fish two weeks ago, seems to have his head on straight and is actually looking at good candidates that I think is 
good for where the Big 12 is going and everything that I kind of outlined in that podcast with being a more offensive-minded coach that knows NIL, that knows the transfer portal, those are their criteria. So I have to give props to TCU and the athletic department for the first time in a while that they're really trying to find a guy that can bring us into this next chapter that they can build upon the foundation Gary built, and you can respect that, but we can also do better uh, than what we have the past four or five years. So I'm really excited. Like, I'm really happy, but I just wish Gary could coach this last game <laughs> so I could just <laughs> – so I could I could at least give him a farewell in the stadium. But For sure. That's why uh, I have with it. And, and hopefully they, they do – give him that you know uh i know he's working on the transitional team with jerry kill and everything but you know um anyways uh if you want to hear more about that definitely tune into state of the frogs you can check that out on our youtube channel uh we have a little section just for blake so uh anyways we got to get into the monkey situation situation in austin uh blake as a man of the law uh first of all if you hadn't heard this people uh, dear listeners uh on Sunday listen? night, on Sunday night, uh, Texas special teams, uh, the Texas special teams head co- uh, coach, um, his wife, uh, for- former stripper uh, known as, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Pol- Assassin. Pol- 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 Assassin. Um, capital A-S-S. Capital A-S-S. Pol- Assassin. Uh, well, right. she hosted a Halloween party <laughs> where, uh, unfortunately... Uh, her pet monkey Gia uh, bit one of the one of the visitors. It, it was a uh, child, uh, which is bad, you know. In disclaimer: we the, the child getting hurt is not funny. Uh, the stripper and the monkey is funny. Uh, so we 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 do this. We we, we this, this tweet came out and we're like, okay, that's weird. And well, and then Pole Assassin started defending it very specifically on Twitter and said. Look, it's not my fault the child went in and found the monkey. The monkey was by itself, you know. She, they weren't supposed to go in there. I agree. I, she's I like, agree. I have I had a sign and everything that said don't pet the monkey. So uh we got there's more to this. Yeah, there's more to Yeah, Jim Jimison, tell us more. Tell us more. I have a quick I have a quick programmer's note okay. for, for okay. the viewers. Uh and, and this is an, an important uh fact. Gia is in fact a spider monkey. As in, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Uh, the image that we're using is of a capuchin, which is. Different. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. You're so dangerous. Okay. But spider monkeys, <laughs> like, there's a whole movie line about how I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. There. Oh my gosh, that, that is. Also, true. if you put a sign at a closed door that says "Don't pet the monkey inside," of course fucking child unsupervised is going to go in there to see the monkey like that's the dumbest shit i've ever heard in my okay. life leave okay. The door okay. Okay. okay let's, let's provide more context to this because i think that this is very key to talk more about the coach and his life and how this came to be because that's what's really funny here and tom mentioned it in the comments on youtube uh i think that uh-huh. so this coordinator um he was being considered for the job at the same time mike stoops is supposed to be a strong candidate for this position they decided that Mike Stoops, a Texas decided Mike Stoops was too controversial, so they hired this guy instead. This guy had just left his family of four, his wife, 
to go marry this stripper is called by pole assassin. And this monkey is just not her pet monkey. It performs with her on the pole. And there's an, <laughs> there is a video of the monkey on the pole and they're throwing dollar bills <laughs> at this monkey. Also, this woman's on Jerry Springer before. This is not your turn of the bill, just like stripper. Okay, she's a stripper, so what? She was on Jerry Springer and uses the monkey as an emotional support animal. It is labeled as an emotional support animal to her. And she has a huge backyard with an enclosure and everything back there to where it, like, it looks pretty nice for that monkey to, to stay. So she posts on like next door or everything on Halloween night that she say, hey, come over. We have like a haunted house or maze or everything. Kids can come over and whatnot. And they had all of that away from monkey cage and backyard. And I guess the kid kind of wandered off, you know, just like a little kids on Halloween do, like like Ty said, little assholes, um, <laughs> and went into the enclosure and obviously did not read the sign and got them bit by the monkey. So, Blake, who is at fault, the monkey or the little kid? Yeah, so I do – I the limited exposure I have with kind of this animal type laws, you actually have to learn this for the bar. And kind of the general rule is that – if you own a domesticated animal, you have to take reasonable care in order to ensure that it doesn't attack people or some harm happens. But if you have non-domesticated animals, you're basically liable for whatever they do. So if you have a tiger, a lion, a bear, like if even if it's on your property and somebody walks into the enclosure and it mauls you, that's on you because you have a weird animal that is not domesticated. So in this sense, even if you have this, like, I haven't looked much in. Maybe Texas has some weird rules or something. But for my limited knowledge, like, just because you put up signs that are like, don't go into the monkey enclosure, <laughs> it's not a domesticated animal. Like, and you can't, you can't say a well-behaved animal is a domesticated animal. It's, like, very specifically defined as, like, dogs, cats, and, like, farm animals. Like, you can't say... You have a more tame monkey. Like it's not the monkey's fault. This like the monkey is a stripper. It's been, it's been it's right a, in the pole. It's a stripping so, monkey. How's that not the best? But it is not tame. You it's can't not, make the argument. You the how the domesticated animal is not by the specific animal by animal basis, but rather just a large group of farm animals, of cows, basically horses, and then dogs and cats. Are they are they going to so, put down? Are they going to put down poor Gia? I don't know about that. That's oh, no. I, I have a question. So, if you were say say you're on the defense side, if because monkeys live in not technically, they, factually, monkeys when not held in captivity by humans live in trees. Is there a legal <laughs> argument that? Uh, Gia the monkey falls under bird law because of that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, that's that's also a really funny time, but I'm just laughing. Please give a shout out to Whitman, Bobby. Of, what of course, <laughs> the monkey has probably oh, been spanked. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> and what makes every little monkey comment? If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see we just Bobby has changed a picture of a monkey where it's just four little monkeys' eyes just staring into us. I do. Right I do. <laughs> I do love the the sort of legal premise that, and obviously we don't know the extent of the injuries, and and I sort of 
said this in our group text to them before the podcast earlier. I don't find it funny as not to demean it. I don't find it as funny because a child was was hurt, which I, I do feel really bad about. But I, I love the legal premise that had it been a, a pit bull that had literally eaten this child, it would be like, mm, okay, like you took reasonable. No, there's okay. But no, there's like, like a spider monkey there's... that's not technically a dog that just sort of latched onto the arm that it's like a whole nother level. Like, Oh my God, this is why'd you have a monkey? Like, this is crazy. It's an no, emotional there's, support. New, that. There's nuances when, when it comes to dogs and stuff, whether they have like an aggressive behavior or not, that's like a whole other side to get into. But like the law cannot encourage people to get wild animals and like kind of keep them in their backyard. And if somebody hops in, it's not like it's, it's your fault for buying a wild animal and just, like, kind of putting it there for people to, like, see. Not, like, necessarily, like, you can't just own wild animals. Like, you have to, like, if you're going to do something stupid like that, you have to be willing to take the consequences of it that it can act like a wild animal. And so I, the monkey yeah. the monkey is at fault here. The, the monkey, monkey, was I, I the monkey is at fault. There you go. It was scared. I do think it's an interesting just sort of consideration, you know, because of this is the the America that we live in, obviously. I, I'm presuming that because he was a a UT coordinator, I, I understand the real estate market in Austin's kind of expensive, but I'm presuming he was making decent money. So I'm going to presume that this was probably a fairly high-end neighborhood as well to some extent. So I, I would expect this to be pretty heavily uh, litigated for sure. Yeah. And they have three people making money in the family. Obviously, there's a lot of money. They have a, a football coach, a stripper, and then a stripping monkey. So I'm sure there's plenty of money to be had there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was just a hilarious story um, just because of learning about. I think that what makes me laugh the most is they didn't hire Mike Stoops because he was too controversial and there's too much going around it. So they hired a guy who um, married a person and left his wife for a stripper with a monkey well we we, we forgot to drop poll assassin's uh, official statement on the matter on twitter uh he, this is it uh it, verbatim how can she viciously bite someone if they don't stick their hand in there where it don't belong this is her home and her home only it's already clear as day on the gate don't touch nobody's allowed back here without my wait, permission wait wait is she arguing legally? I don't want this to turn into a legal podcast. Is she arguing like castle doctrine, self defense? Like, <laughs> like by, the, the monkey stood its ground. <laughs> Did like, not thought this was Did Texas. You, what about stand by ground laws? Monkey gonna go on the stand and hold up a sign that said, "I feared for my life, so I like pulled my shotgun out and bit the child." Like. Genetically, <laughs> monkeys are quite close to us. They're a lot closer than dogs and cats and cows, Blake. Wait, I yeah, know, wait. That's... Is there a stand your ground defense for the monkey here? Because presumably, <laughs> I, so like if, if the monkey's in a cage, right? And and Texas is not like a you have to like retreat state like Oklahoma. Like presumably, like the monkey is cornered at that point. So there is maybe a fair argument that the monkey was. Within its rights to within its rights to use a uh, deadly force to to protect itself there, and it's <laughs> deadly force. <laughs> what you're not you're, you're tiny, not helping G- little John. I would not want to be the lawyer arguing deadly force against a child <laughs> <laughs> in favor of a, a pole dancing monkey. <laughs> 
Hey, let's not bring in okay, the monkey's objection. Objection. <laughs> the monkey's career has not nothing relevant. to do with this, and you're yes, trying to relevant. unfairly influence the jury uh, by not demeaning the monkey for its career. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to demean the sex working monkey. <laughs> what is it, sex working? Yeah. What is going? Let's move on. Let's get pole there. dancing is does that not count? I don't know. <laughs> No, anyways, not. anyways, we're moving on. From we the we we, we have we, we have we have fully juiced that lemon uh, completely. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Now, of course, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like Oklahoma, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, that's TPPN, Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game straight up and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So yeah. let's move on. College football playoff rankings uh, just dropped today. Um, uh, obviously, the biggest, more notable thing, OU at 8. Uh, personally, I'm not super pissed uh, because this is just kind of a, a thing for you know ratings and everything. But... Um, Jameson, your thoughts on OU at eight? Yeah, it, it doesn't. We'll get into it a lot, um, but I kind of everyone's most logical people are thinking about this like you are, and it doesn't really matter. Um, should we be eight? No, but they're taking um, our resume of this season right now without our three biggest games of the season versus number eleven, number twelve, and then a should be ranked Iowa State team probably by the team time we play them. Um, and that's going to boost our resume a lot. We do not have really much at all on resume, only pretty much negative points in our, except for zero on the loss column. We have not played anyone good that we can kind of hang our hat on. And every other team above us has played at least someone good and has a good win. And the committee showed that they like good wins more than, um, bad losses whenever they put, um, Oregon so high. Yeah, for sure. Ty, your thoughts on the, uh, position at eight. So I think um, eight, and I really think, I think there's one game that really makes OU an eight, especially considering uh, the the sort of college football playoffs, the board members' statements on OU. And that game is very specifically Kansas, because I think had we performed well against Kansas, there is a really fair argument uh, from an outsider's perspective, because these aren't people that are watching. I know they're supposed to, but they're not people that are following OU day in and day out and, and tracking this sort of happenings, uh, you know, even when it's not game day like we are. So they're they're watching OU and they're seeing OU struggling, OU struggling, OU struggling. The Texas game, we swap our quarterbacks 
and seemingly solve the problem, but then we go and struggle against Kansas. And then, you know, we perform well against Texas Tech, but I think that Kansas game and us struggling really hampered us. I think had we blown Kansas out, I sincerely believe that we would be in the top four because I think the argument at the committee would have been, okay, OU, abysmal all year. We had high expectations for them. They swapped their quarterback. Problem solved. Uh, so I think I think there is a fair sort of assessment there. Um, I, I know we're going to discuss it more, but I, it, it's we do have a very back-end stacked schedule, uh, and so do some other teams. I and mean, OU's the the presumed you know winner of our next three games. I don't want to you know jinx anything, but some of the teams ahead of us, uh, Michigan State specifically, uh, I could see them. Uh, easily dropping two more games. And Purdue, who knows with Purdue this season, you know, sneaky Purdue. But um, I, I think... Sneaky Purdue. I, I mean, think, you're not wrong. I think Michigan State is it, it, the underdog in at least one more game. Michigan week. State's only favored by three against Purdue this weekend. Okay, so. yeah. So it, I, I'm presuming there'll be a, the, the presumed winner against Purdue, the presumed winner against Penn State, maybe. But they're not going to be, you know, the presumed winner against Ohio State. So... I, I, they could very easily, I think, two games dropping for them is is reasonable. Oregon, who knows? They they play I, as you guys know. I'm a since since about week three, I've been a lifelong Oregon fan. Uh, but that Stanford win oh, is just abysmal. Um, Cincy, I, I think they've really. I think that the CFP is going to give them no respect. But the initial Which CFP, is ridiculous. Frank, who knows? Yeah, it totally ridiculous. Um, Blake. Your first reaction, I know your, your first reaction to OU being eight was just joy, uh, for sure. But, uh, your thoughts on the whole, the whole, uh, what happened to protect the shield, Blake? What happened? Yeah, what happened to protect the shield? Y'all aren't a part of the shield anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, look, like, I was happy that OU was low, but really, like, what it still kind of angers me, which, like, I feel like I'm gonna go more to bat for. OU than any of y'all right now for how reasonable y'all are sounding but OU being at eight and I know struggled against Kansas and I know has struggled multiple times this year makes absolutely no sense when you have an Oregon team who has lost to Stanford who has struggled against UCLA has struggled against Fresno at home they're in the top four Ohio State whose best win is Penn State who Penn State is Sean Clifford three losses like they are not good like i know they were ranked last week but they struggled hard against them they beat up on a whole bunch of bad teams and they've lost oregon already so i'm like those two teams already i'm like how do you put those in front of ou then we go down the line i can understand maybe a cincinnati with a notre dame win being probably the better of the wins but next is michigan like michigan kind of same boat it's like they played one good team they lost to that one good team and the rest they were doing some struggles against the rutgers and nebraska like people within there so it's like i know oh you struggled against probably the worst team in the power five in kansas and like i understand that's bad but at some point it's like all the teams in front of them have struggled against bad competition but they've lost some and OU has done quite the opposite one although so it's like I don't get how they how the eye test like to me even the eye test does it it like the teams in front of them don't even pass the eye test so I'm like I don't get the criteria of why OU is so low like I understand OU at a four a five a six like I think OU should be in front of Alabama but if you want to do like the weird like 
stiffy that the college football playoff committee has for Bama, why they need to put them higher. I understand, but the fact that Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan in front of them, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, Alabama, too, was very confusing to me because they – it's not like it, look in other seasons you're just like oh Alabama's just really damn good and they just slipped up one week. They haven't been like remarkably impressive to me. It's it's not like it's not like if you if you basically look at what Georgia did and then, you know, put that Texas A&M loss in there and then put that theoretical Georgia at 2, I would get that because it's like, you know, hey, that team dominated its opponents and slipped up for a dumb game. This Alabama team is just kind of dinking around. They've they've played Mercer and you know Miami. That Tennessee no, game no last week, they weren't like astounding versus. Did you no. see the Tennessee game? Like I understand, Bobby. Like you know, like they they are a very good team, but this is not the Alabama of old. And exactly. I, I don't want. I'm sorry to cut you off into this, but I feel like a lot in a lot a lot of this, and I'll say it in a little bit after I let you get back to your point, Bobby, is they're just setting up these polls not to actually work to where this is what they actually should be ranked. Is This is my easiest way to explain myself later down the line of what's probably going to happen and how the dominoes are going to fall. It's it's really dumb. And, you know, what, what gets me is you, you have some of these – if you look down the line in the later parts of the 25, you have these really weird, questionable top 25 yes. moves like – Mississippi State coming in at seventeen, ridiculous. You, they're you know literally, what, they're, do you know how many they, votes Mississippi State got? They they did not get they they were they were they were they got seventy nine votes in the top twenty five. Minnesota got fifty one. Here's as well. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think you guys have you guys have found the the secret sauce, right? You found the 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 conspiracy. You you solved the cons- the Da Vinci Code the davinci code here okay but you're not looking like it's like the puppet master meme right you guys have found one level but you haven't noticed that there's like another level of the the puppet master meme so you guys have noticed that like down in the 20 whatevers there's like teams that shouldn't be there to boost like bama's schedule and stuff you guys haven't noticed that there's another tier to the puppet master meme and that's like putting michigan state in the top four to boost Ohio State's schedule. Like, the initial CFP, right, they're trying to distract you, the elites, the the global elites, the media. They're trying to distract you with these teams down in the 20s, and you're not paying attention to the teams up in the top 10. But Michigan there. State deserves to Michigan be in the State top deserves I agree. It. Yeah, but no. that's my thing. It's they like they get thrown out by Ohio State. Well, no, let's see. Let's see. It. We, we can't just assess that. Minnesota is one of the wins that is boosting Ohio State's schedule right now. And Minnesota lost to Bowling Green, which exactly. is one of the worst Matt teams. Like, how is that? Like, that should be if OU struggling to Kansas gets them to eight. How is a outright loss to one of the worst group of five teams get you in with three losses into the top twenty-five? Well, so yeah. here's here's the thing, right? And and this is, and I'll cut myself off after after this till we move on, but. OU is sort of a, a proven commodity, right? Like OU was a presumed playoff team at the start of the season. And we've been at the top of college football more or less for the past 20 years. So, and and I know this is sort of a gooner take. I made this in, in the group text as well, but it's like with OU, you have a team that you know they're going to perform at least through their conference and stuff. So I understand some apprehension for a team that is sort of, a center, I understand Michigan State has been amazing this year. 
they've beat all expectations and performed. And I understand that OU has a bad playoff record, but in terms of being nationally relevant, you can really make the argument for Bama, Nick Saban especially, for Georgia, for Ohio State, for Oklahoma, like these big brands. And it's not just a brand money argument, right? Like, you know, their coaching staffs, you know what they can do, you know the players, you know what they can do. And it's really difficult to make this argument. And this sort of applies to Cincy too, for these teams that have a one-off year where they're really what they're really good. I would, I, I would probably take Michigan state outright against OU if they were to play this weekend, honestly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you're looking at it, you know, excluding all the money, excluding everything else, like I said, with, with the OU thing, these, these people, because technically they're supposed to recuse themselves if they're relevant to the team that's being picked. They're not that big of like they're not that big of college football fan. Like they're not following exactly. every single game and everything I else. Think. So the brands and, and the sort of recognition does matter to an extent, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. So I, I think that's a fair a fair argument to make. You know, even I personally yeah. I'm a big downer on Michigan State. I hope they lose uh their next three Wait, games. Why do you hope sure. they, why do you hope they lose? <laughs> because I'm a they're big like, a- like I'm a big like it, it like college football, like only the blue blood should be there, sort of thing. Like it's, it's kind of anti Baylor. Um, I would be perfectly happy if the playoff was just Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, OU. Every Mi- Michigan State is one. Michigan State is one Rose Bowls, and like they're not even. Yeah, because they're, they're not even that far off. Bid for the Rose Bowl. What do you? Of course, yeah. They they, like they've they've been to a college football playoff, got killed by Alabama. That's but like still. saying OU has won in the Cotton Bowl, like. Yeah, because we automatically play there. But yeah, so but I'm I'm separating that. You know, I'm trying to be impartial here. Like like I said, Michigan State right now for sure deserves to be there. But you know, I yeah. can see I will, where where the confusion is. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. My, gotcha. my kind of final parting thoughts, like if we want to come out with a positive and kind of talking about Michigan State, I like the inclusion of Michigan State so high because I felt like for the longest time the problem with polls is. We had this idea coming up into the season who the top 25 teams are. So if you're not one of those top 25 teams, it's really hard to move up. Whereas if you're already at the top, it's you're not moving down that much. So a Michigan State team that was supposed to be bottom of their division being up so high, I like that, that they're kind of throwing out all the preconceived notions about them are willing to put them that high because really if you're looking at it, in a season's body of work and looking at nothing else, they should be one of the top four teams. So I, I like that inclusion. I, I love it for sure. Jameson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to hit on something that Ty said, and I'm glad somebody else said it because I feel like we give the committee all of this credit. They, they spend all this time making the decision, but Who gives you, them credit? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying they not people saying really good job. People give them credit as in the fact that like they think that they're doing some brilliant job of setting things up and all this. And we here's my thing with it. I look at this committee and I just eyeball stereotyping. How often do you think th- this guy um, wakes up at eleven o'clock and watches college football until eleven o'clock that night? How often is that guy going to the pumpkin patch or going to Trader Joe's probably on that Saturday to go grocery shopping and doesn't watch as many of the college football games that he does? And I guarantee you there's so many in there. And I feel like they just shoot from the hip. And there, I'm probably there's probably some very stronger voice, more logical people 
and not yeah ty loves shooting from the hip and they probably just ride the narrative so i'm sure that the narrative in this room was you know head to heads is a big deal and we're gonna ride with that and it would look just really lazy and set up to where it's like okay ou is at eight but it's they have a clear journey but i don't want to put cincy higher than six even though i think they should be number four because if they put them at number four and then you leave them out of the playoffs at the end of the year if they win out that is going to catch way too much flack and i think that's just horrible because they're they're already trying to manipulate the rankings at the end if you give michigan state the number three and you give cincinnati the number six i understand they're in different conferences but just if you take away conference for street prestige, what do you see? Very similar games where Michigan State is toyed around with many teams this season. And yes, and they have one big win. But guess what? Cincinnati has a huge win too at Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. I understand that Michigan was a rivalry game. That's big. But if you're going to put Michigan State at three, a team that only has one really big convincing win this year and then a lot of other really close games where they could have screwed around and lost one, you can't give Cincinnati down there at number six. Um, compared to Michigan State. I think that's just absolutely just miserable and horrible for this for this team. You can put Cincinnati at four and leave them out at the end if other teams outperform them. They're just trying to hedge their bets, and I don't like it one bit. It, it's completely stupid. The Oregon ahead of them, it, it, it's it's baffling to me. It's 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 an insult. Um and it's 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 ridiculous because because they're 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 not they're, they've just thrown out the balance all things completely with all things considered and it it's um it's infuriating for sure for sure so um, i do i it, real quick i i do appreciate the committee this year their willingness to not just follow convention i i think in the initial like it's no but it's so okay yes but I think that that's not necessarily that unconventional. But it's not, it's not like they could have stacked Georgia, Oklahoma, like just stack the Power Five undefeated teams, you know. And I, I do think it, at least in the it, when we get later, you, you, like closer to the actual, because only one CFP rankings matter really. Like it's all just, it's all just, you know, tweets. It's all just. I know it does. You know, whatever, I whatever. People that, say but. that, but they use their past rankings to justify whenever you beat teams that mm-hmm. either you've already beaten and they come out with playoffs, like the playoff rankings after. Like they use it for like everybody's like it doesn't matter. It does because that's how they define top twenty-five wins, and so that's why it matters. It's still really dumb. It's very. I, I to be completely honest with you, the more I think about the committee, I just hate it more and more as a decision making because I just don't know if I trust these people. I don't know. I understand they have college football past, but how much are they paying attention to the college football present, and how much are they trying to cover their own ass as a committee to not get scrutinized versus actually making the right decision? You know, a computer in the BCS. I don't think BCS is the correct decision, but at least a computer had an algorithm to figure things out. Um, leaving it into the the hands of a bunch of people that rotate every single season where they just come in one season. It's, it's not like they're seasoned veterans where they do this every year. And they're ADs. They they're ADs. Yes, like they, they're, they rotate them every year. Literally, their conference, having Power 5 conferences in the college football playoff benefit their universities that they're voting on. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's more stupid. revenue comes to conferences that make it. Like, that's just a blank fact. And let's be honest, like... 
I, I just, I don't trust these people anyways. One year they had Jeff Long in charge, uh, the same guy who was like, you know what, it's a great idea to hire Les Miles. Let's not I mean, look into any weird things would, he did. Would you guys feel better about media instead um, no. doing, doing this? I, think like, what, I mean, a little bit. If, if, like if, there's, one thing, if yes. there's one thing you should know, it's don't trust the media. If there's two things you should know, it's don't trust the random people that they put on the CFP committee. Like we had Condoleezza Rice for a couple of years. That was like, weird. We should have learned not to trust Condoleezza Rice in 2003. Hey, she was. Oh no, 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 no politics, no politics. She was rumored for the There's Cleveland Browns head coaching position, so she knows something about football. Oh no! Mike, have you ever been rumored for the Cleveland Browns head coaching position? Because Condoleezza Rice was. Guys, this is. Oh that god! But, but in ending, in all honesty, I curiously want to know because I understand the BCS. We'll, we'll end it on this, if that's okay with you. The BCS, you know, had its flaws because people do not like robots taking over things. We see that, you know, we don't like that. Here's, you know, as Americans, we want American hands doing our job. But like, like who else would be a better choice other than ads? Because I just don't like it. Here's the I thing. Like the- Yes, the BCS four. But you have to have it, add a human component to it. You have to get, maybe use the BCS. You had you had you had the AP poll mixed with the with the computer poll, and weirdly enough, the coaches poll, which is even worse than the committee or the media. But it was fine. The only problems people had with the BCS was when the third position got left out. If you use that for the college football playoff, it negates any of the arguments that really people had yeah, about. Like, I, people didn't I, like honestly, two. So the I, issue was I, with the two teams. That was the only issue with the yeah. BCS. Yes, the the BCS overvalued being undefeated too much because the BCS would put like 2017 UCF who would have got embarrassed in the playoffs or it would put like all these teams that don't play nobody, Paul. And, and they, and they were winning them. those games, though. Like, yes, I okay. Remember but when, like, I remember when put, OUB if you put, was beat if by you Boise gave, State, TCU if you beat Wisconsin. Bama like, since he's schedule, Bama would be undefeated. If you gave Oregon since he's schedule, Oregon would be undefeated. Like, it's, Yeah, but under, under the BCS, like, literally the only teams that were losing in the BCS era that were from the G5 was, like, UConn, which everybody kind of thought yeah, was a so I, I don't But Boise State like, beat y'all, TCU beat Wisconsin. Like, they're not – they weren't making it to the national championship. They were winning their bowl games, which I think – I think G5 teams liked. I think G5 teams love going to the Rose Bowl. I think G5 teams like going to the Fiesta Bowl. All those things. And that this new system kind of strips that from them by only allowing one of those teams to go when in years under the BCS we saw maybe two teams could easily have been there. And we saw it with TCU and Boise State. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it's interesting. And I, I, I don't know if the BCS would have done more of the same if you looked at that for example, 2017, the simulated BCS, uh, UCF would have finished ninth in that anyways. So, um, yeah. but again, the, the, the issue was, was with two the whole time and we could go another hour talking about the merits of the BCS versus the playoff, but we have to wrap this up. We've been chatting for a while. Um, Blake, thanks for popping on to, uh, talk to us about, uh, monkey law and, uh, and the playoffs. So appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Always good to be on. Uh, Jameson, Ty, thanks for coming on as well. Uh, final thoughts? Nothing, honestly. It was it's a, it's a good week to get our everyone rested, and um, I'm curious to see next week's poll, and we'll talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely, Ty. I'm yeah. Good. 
All right. Picks. Green man. Yep. All right, folks. Picks 30 minutes ago. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're, we're behind. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, until next time. Boomer Sooner. <laughs> What's that?